Amen. Please turn in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 15. That's Exodus, chapter 15. You know, names in the Bible, names of biblical characters, they're so interesting to study. They are for me anyway. The, a name is given at birth, and you can look these names up, and they, they have meaning. And then throughout one's life, you find in their qualities or in their character or certain events of life, what their name means matches up with, you know, something in their life or how their life was lived. And, and I just find that so interesting, but most interesting are the names of our Lord. They are very many. I look at them a lot and, and, and love, to, love to consider the names of our Lord. We learn more about Him as we consider His names. He's the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the carpenter's son. He's our deliverer. He's eternal God. He's faithful and true. He is God. He's our high priest. He's Emmanuel. He's, he's Jesus. He's the lily of the valley, the Messiah, our Passover, our Redeemer, Savior, truth, and He's the way. And, and there's so many, and there's one we're going to consider tonight. We don't see it in Exodus chapter 15, but what this name means is what we see here, and that is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. You know, we, we keep a list we, on Wednesday night, sometimes even more at length than tonight, we will share many names people and circumstances in their life that need prayer. And so many of those are for physical healing. You know that we, we do the same in Sunday school. We keep a list and we pray for them. We pray for others in our personal prayer time. The ladies meet for prayer an hour before Wednesday night service. Blesses my heart. And they pray for so many needs. And, and a lot of those our physical needs, and we pray that God might see fit to grant healing for those physical issues in the lives of our members, our loved ones, but very seldom do we ask prayer for those with emotional needs that, that they might be healed concerning, you know, the emotion or, or, or mental or circumstantial or even relational healing that needs to take place in, in relationships. You don't see a whole lot of that. You don't hear a whole lot of those. Yet, yet they're in need of healing. Those who are physically down, they are sick, and we pray that they would be healed. And when we say sick, we think of physical, but what about sick and tired? Sick and tired, that would bring in all of these others into play, emotional pains in life. There are body pains, but there are emotional pains, and there are things that go on in us mentally, and we need healing. And, and so in saying that, and in considering the Lord as our healer, 
You know, just because some of us might be physically in great shape and no health problems, we all need Jehovah Rapha in our lives, the one who heals. And, and so it would include everyone in the category of needing healing because these things happen in so many different areas of our lives. You know, some need healing from a past pain in the present. There's a past pain that's continuing on, and some need healing from that. Some need healing for a future pain. The, the thought of what's coming in the future, it may not even come to pass. Nevertheless, people need healing in that area because, because we can become so consumed with the uncertainty of the future. And, and so both past and future pains... You know, that they create a pain that exists in the present for us. Not to mention those things that in the moment are going on that would be on top of that, that are true in the moment, present needs. There's a great need for real deep healing in all of our lives. A lot of the time, to learn of the Lord's power to heal is what we're going to do tonight by His name, Jehovah Rapha. And here in Exodus 15, we see a process for Israel's healing from our Lord. And as we look closely, we're going to see that God is using the same process today. And to go through this process, we're, we're going to do so, I, I don't know if... Who, who's ever done this, but we're going to do this by way of all the different waters that we go through in this chapter. Because what we're going to see tonight are some parted waters. And we're going to see parched for water. And we're going to see polluted waters. And then we're going to see pure waters. And then we're going to see plenty of water. So our most lengthy reading is going to be on the parted water. And as I read in verses 1 through 21, consider something that is very familiar, but God has something new for us, you know, maybe to, to squeeze out of it every time we go there. And that is the victory given to the children of Israel when they were delivered out of Pharaoh's hand, out, out of Egypt, and the waters were parted. And they passed through. And when Egypt came after them to re-slave them, the, the, the walls of the water came down and drowned them. And Israel was set free from their bondage in Egypt. So let's read about that. It says, Then sang Moses, let, let's read the song that they sang of celebration, praising God after this. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. 
The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his hosts hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains are also drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is become glorious in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as an heap, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, the earth swallowed them. Thou, in thy mercy, hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. The people shall hear and be afraid." Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestina. The dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance. In the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. In the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea. And the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them, But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand. And all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. That's some pretty easy reading. Amen. What victory was given in those parted waters. We talk about people being between a rock and a hard place. Well, Israel was between a rock and a wet place, if you will. Pharaoh was on one side looking to recapture Israel, and on the other side was this wide, large, broad body of water. Israel couldn't go back. Egypt was after them. Israel couldn't go forward through the, that, that massive body of water. They were in a tight spot. Then God's miracle came into their lives. They experienced, they witnessed, they came to know, they saw the miraculous work of their God in their lives, the water parted, the ground dried up, 
the Israelites passed through on the other side. When Egypt came after them, those congealed waters were let go by God again, and He drowned the enemy and gave Israel the victory. Israel's coming after them. Egypt's coming after them. The Red Sea's before them. You take every one of them and, and all their individual minds or all their minds together and they would come up with nothing as a solution. Nothing to rescue them. But God performed a miracle that was above and beyond anything they could have ever imagined or thought of. Every one of them experienced the miracle of God in their lives. And in verses 1 through 3, we see that they celebrated. They all praised and worshipped God for the miracle He performed on behalf of His children. Their mental, their emotional, their circumstantial issues that were going on were lifted. There was a measure of healing that was given to them in that moment. There was healing given in the parted waters. But now let's move on to verse 22. And we're going to look at the parched waters or them being parched Without water, verse 22, after, the, after all of this, it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. God brought them through the water to dry land, very dry land. Dry land in the wilderness. Man, it, it wasn't a desirable portion of their journey. It wouldn't be desirable for you and I. But it was the only way for God to take them where He wanted them to be. They had to go to the wilderness to get where God wanted them. And it is so very real in all of our lives from this timeless pattern, from our timeless God working in our lives, the way He worked in their lives. It's so real that the only way for God to get us to where He wants us to be is going to be through some kind of wilderness that we're going to have to deal with in life. We all want the well-watered plains all the time, but every Christian must go through the dry place because God is doing something there. Israel, in their dry place, they literally, they, they, it was dry in every way. They had no water for three days. Would you say that they were parched? Would you say that they were thirsty? God had just rescued them 
God just performed that amazing miracle before them. They, they had a praise and worship service. They gave God glory for what He had done. So It was so miraculous. And then God led them into the wilderness. And through the wilderness, they finally got to some water. Man, can you... Three days without water. Can you imagine? And then they see water ahead of them. But let's read about that polluted water in verse 23. And when they came to Marah, they could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. No water for three days. They... Maybe they think they're seeing a mirage for a minute. Then no, it really is water. And can you imagine them running to it and and so excited to get to that water? And they find out they can't drink a drop of it. It's bitter, it's polluted water. You know, that that will surely shatter some people's hopes. I mean, how low do you get there? Your thirst isn't quenched still. I don't know how long you can go without water, but they've gone some 72 hours without any water in their body. And God is leading this. They can't get a healing. They can't get a refreshing from from the water they see that they so desperately need. And we see their response in verse 24. And the people murmured, against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? They have gone from grateful to grumbling three days after God performed a personal miracle in all of their lives. Israel had a problem with the water at the Red Sea. They couldn't get across it. They looked behind, they couldn't go the other way. They had a problem with the water. Now they have another problem at a body of water, okay? It's it's pertaining to the water. They witnessed a miracle at the water at the Red Sea. Now they're complaining and they're doubting three days after that miracle at the next body, body of water. Do we say that they have forgotten what God has done pretty quick? They're complaining, they're murmuring, they're doubting right after this. God just showed them that water is no trouble for Him. Water is no problem at all. Whatever the case, He can walk on the water, He can can part the water. The water is no problem for God at all. But now... God leads them to bitter water. And we're going to see that God had a purpose for the bitter, undrinkable water. And in our difficult circumstances, look, God has a purpose in them. And and maybe we've heard that a lot. That's maybe some some popular or common preaching from the Bible. There's never a time we don't need to hear that. As we go through this world and as we go through the things that we deal with, 
God has a purpose for our pain every time we experience it, every time we get into it. The waters did not trouble God, but He used the waters as a test for His children. You know, as we think of tests from God, how much better are His tests going to be? How much more beneficial are His tests going to be than a a test we took or a test we're taking in school? You know, I mean, I never had a teacher who gave me the same test over and over. What good, maybe I would have wanted that then and my grades would have been higher, but what good would that have really done me? There would be no new learning, there would be no new challenging, there would be no new experience uh, for me or you in that. Uh, No teacher would do that. They gave new tests, they gave new information, and then they gave a test on that new information that they gave. And, and the test would reveal whether the student was paying attention during the giving of the information before the test. God gave Israel some information. He used the water, but that information was so much bigger than that water that God gave them. God showed them a greater and more powerful uh, thing that he can do than any problem, any water problem, any body of water that they come across, any experience. He showed them that he's greater and he's more powerful than all of this. And he did it in such a way that they could never imagine. There There was no way that anyone could contribute or give credit to man for what God had done. No one could imagine what happened to set them free. It's something that God did in their lives. And three days after the water miracle, He gives them a water test. He led them in His will. They followed Him, and God led them in His will to a dry area, and then a wet, polluted area. You know, let let us think about our lives as children of God and looking at this for a minute, because we can be in God's will. We can be following Him and still have problems. We could find ourselves jobless in God's will. We can find ourselves with illness in God's will. We can find ourselves with relationship problems in God's will. Tough situations come about in our lives while we are following the Lord. Israel is. They, they do here. You know, it's, it's not always the torturing effects of sin, but a test from God that, that He has for our lives Tests in our lives reveal whether we've been paying attention to the lessons that God's teaching through life. Everything we go through, we need to see it as some kind of lesson from God. We don't need to focus so much on the why as there's some kind of lesson. 
God is going to teach us something great in everything good and in everything that's difficult that we go through. If we pay attention, every, we'll find everything to be a lesson in life. They're also Everything that we go through, they will also reveal something new about God to us. More about Jesus would I learn. God is always teaching us something new about Him. And that develops our Christian character. That strengthens our faith. Christians being tested are, are like butterflies struggling and fighting to, to get out of the cocoon. It's, it's, a, it's what we go through in a, in a good struggle. We will not be detoured from a lot of difficulty in life. We're going to have to face it. We're going to be taken to it by God. To be taken through it, though, let me qualify that with. God takes us to it to take us through it. We're not going to detour a whole lot, but we're going to have to come face to face with difficulty, and we're going to have to deal with it. Christians... We can be guilty of not performing in the midst of difficulty. We're to move forward serving the Lord through all things that we go through, but, but we can be guilty of putting the brakes on and kind of using our situation as an excuse. But we never have that excuse or a reason given by God. We're to continually press forward in the midst of things we're celebrating the Lord has done in the midst of troubles in life. You know, can you, can you imagine the basketball player walking off the court and going up to coach and saying, man, coach, I, I would be scoring a lot more points. I would be throwing a lot better passes if that guy's hand wasn't in my face, coach. If, 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 he, if he weren't there, then I would be doing much better. I don't think any basketball player is going to go to the sideline and tell their coach that. I reckon I, I know what any coach would say to that. Look, you're always going to have that. You have opposition against you all the time. It's their job to have their hand in your face. They're going to try to make every shot difficult. They're going to try to make every pass impossible. It is something that you can't get around. There is going to be a constant obstacle in this game if you're going to play it, so you need to get used to that. And in life, for us, there are constant obstacles. But patience is going to be worked into our lives through these things. God will be doing a purposeful work through the irritating obstacles, through the, through the obstacles that might make us sad, through the obstacles that give us pain. God is working out a purpose through all of these things in our lives. So, so don't quit. Don't walk away and don't quit. As we go through the dry season of life, that's some of the most very important work that Jesus is doing in our lives. He is, he is doing something very purposeful in everything difficult that we face. What God is doing in these tough times, they're way too important 
for you and I to quit. They're way too valuable for our lives. We quickly want the good results from it, but the results are, come, are going to come about by the process. Oh, we want it to pass quickly. But God knows how long we need to be there for the greatest results to come about from it. The, the results can only be as good as the process and the pressure through the test. Israel's journey through the wilderness, think about that 38 and a half years, Israel's journey through, through the, you know, the next wilderness, the wilderness they went through, that next long wilderness, it was just as important for their lives as going into the promised land. God was doing something just as great as He did then. He was developing something in them. He was working in them. It's much needed. It's a must that we face the situations that are placed before our lives because God is taking us there. He is leading us there. And they are tests and they are for our benefit. When, when do we start to fail? Well, when Israel complained. That's when, that's when there was a measure of failure going on. Verse 24, And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? The God over all the water of the world, who just performed that miracle in the water, and now they're saying this. After the Red Sea, they celebrated, but at the bitter waters, they complained. Man, there, there are situations in life that will just downright try to make you and I bitter. Bitterness and, and our hearts becoming calloused over things. All the while that they were complaining and, and tempted to become bitter over those bitter waters, God was trying to teach them something new about Him. You know, we may say, I love you, Lord. I, I trust you, Lord. Lord, you are faithful and true. I, I am going to follow you, Lord, no matter what the situation. Lord, you are good all the time, and all the time you are good. That's, that's good to say. And it's great when we mean it. But is it okay if God doesn't want to take our word for it? Is it okay if God hears that and says, okay, I would like to test you to see if that is true. He can do that if He wants. He wants to test to see, and that's okay. If God tests us, or maybe I should say when God tests us, that's what's best for us right then and there. When we go through a testing from God, it's exactly what we need. He does amazing things in our lives through the tests. We must pay attention through the lesson and focus on the purpose of the test. Focus on the one giving the test or we'll end up having more upon us than we can bear. 
a lot of people love to take 1 Corinthians 10, 13 and say, yes, God will never put more upon me than I am able to bear. In His will, He won't do that. And being in His will is you and I learning the lessons and you and I looking to Him through the test, trusting Him and knowing that there's a purpose in the test. The Apostle Paul, he had some pretty tough tests. 2 Corinthians 1.8, he speaks of the effect of some trouble that he went through, and he says these words, pressed out of measure above strength and despaired even of life. That that's, sounds like more than a Christian can bear. If we're not in God's will, learning the lesson, and looking to Him, for the purpose, looking to Him, not, not, not even for the purpose, just knowing He has a purpose in, in what He's doing in our lives. And Paul's answer to that, when he despaired, even of life, he goes on to say, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves, that we should not trust in ourselves but in God which raiseth the dead, who delivered us from so great a death, and doth deliver, in whom we trust that He will yet deliver us. That's three tenses of deliverance. And that's what Paul and those others were focused on as they despaired even of life. Why? Why did Paul in God's will, have to go through something that was so completely exhausting upon his life. Why? How about to take Paul deeper in a life of faith? God's still working on all of us. Paul had been through some things, and Paul trusted the Lord through them. And if he went through something similar again in God's will... Man, it would, it, praise the Lord, it would, it would come back to him that, that I can trust the Lord through this again. But now, God takes him to some deeper water, not because he's mean, not because he wants to hurt us. He never wants to do that just to, just to hurt us. But he takes us through deeper water to grow us in a stronger relationship in faith to know more about Him, to grow more in faith, to get deeper into our relationship with the Lord. He, he does that in our lives through tests that He gives. Paul had no... Just, just consider what he said there. Paul wasn't even thinking about using any ability of his own. He was done. It was a dead-end road, bottom of the line for him, but God. He trusted not in himself, but God. And he took Paul deeper in his life of faith through that test. Through the polluted waters of life, we learn to trust God more. What a disappointment when they got to those bitter waters. But 
God was teaching them something. It was a test, and they were students, and we're always students, and we're going to have some polluted waters. We're going to get to those bitter waters in life. It's a test, and we're going to learn to trust God more. We're going, he's going to take us deeper in a relationship with Him. He's making us worth something. He's, he's conforming us to the image of His dear Son. But now let's go to the pure waters in verses 25 and 26. They just got through murmuring after coming to those bitter waters, saying, Moses, what are we going to drink? And he cried unto the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree which when he had cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them and said, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and wilt do that which is right in his sight, and wilt give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. They got to pure water. Don't try to purify water today by throwing a stick in it or throwing a tree in it. But that's what God had Moses do. And the Lord shows by this miracle that He is greater and more powerful than any troubled waters that Israel could ever come across. God is showing Israel more and more of who He is. Isn't that a wonderful thought that, that, that our Father, our God, our Savior... He wants to reveal more and more of Himself to us throughout our lives. He wants us to know Him more. He wants us to know what, what He can do in our lives more and more. God is showing that to Israel. He is getting their attention on Him through the tests. That the attention might be on Him and, and not the test. That, that's where God wants to take us to, that, that our focus would continually be on Him, that, that, that these circumstances would make us look to Him. That, that's, that's one thing that brought me to the Lord. There were a few faithful witnesses around that talked to me about Jesus, but there was also a trouble that I went through in my life. And I did everything in my own. I exhausted all of my ability to try to fix this trouble in my life. And I didn't know anything about God or, 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 that, or that the God who created all would help me. And I, and I went to him and I asked him for help with something as a lost man. He saved me. And then he started helping me in something that I could do nothing but make worse and worse. And he's, and he's made it better. Pure waters. He takes us there. He takes Israel there. He took them to the bitter waters first. He wants their focus and ours on Him and not the test. If we go through trials with the mindset of the world... If we go through trials, you know, letting our flesh dominate, 
then we're going to react like the world. And we're probably going to get bitter like those waters and we're going to go live like the world. It's a big deal. It's a big deal how we deal with the situations of life that we go through and that we see God's pattern and that it's all for good and He's never so busy that He's not listening or, or He's never in a place where He doesn't care about us. I know we as Christians, you know, we don't have those thoughts, but I think about those in the world and things that they that, that I've heard people say, well, all of the things that happen in this world, it's obvious that God doesn't care. I'm so thankful to know that He does. And I'm so thankful that we can know that He is doing something good for our benefit when He takes us through the toughest of tests. If we will be affected the way God wants us to be, if we will yield ourselves to God as a student of His lessons and taking His test, we will experience, we will witness and know that He is the source of all healing, that He is Jehovah Rapha. When we hurt, when we're in pain, and God takes us there, He, he sends us there, He knows we follow Him there, he simply wants you, wants you and I to know, hey, I am your healer. I am your Jehovah Rapha. I am the one that will help you. If we'll follow the Lord through the blessings and the burdens, we, we're going to come out with healing on the other side. You know, the 103rd Psalm speaks of healing all thine diseases. And ultimately, one day, He is going to heal them all. But not only the possible healing of the body, but, but of the mind, the emotions, our relationship, our circumstances. When we run the car through the car wash, it comes out clean on the other side. Stick with the Lord. Trust Him through the tests. And by the way, uh, this always comes to my mind in something like this, and I just want to interject that, that I, I knew a Christian that I had the chance to talk with, and their test lasted 35 years long that they went through. It didn't, and, and a lot of it went to waste because it didn't end up the way it should have. But their test lasted a long time. But stick with the Lord. Where else could we go? Isn't that kind of what Pastor Stone talked about Sunday morning? Where are we going to go? Stick with the Lord. Trust Him through the test. He brought Israel through all of this to the pure water, doing an amazing work in them through all the pain. And that's not all He did. He didn't just make that bitter water sweet. Go with me for one more, one more verse to plenty of water, verse 27. And they came to Elam, where were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Wow. After the Lord taught them and revealed to them that He is Jehovah Rapha, that He is the Lord who heals, He takes them to Elam. 
where they have more than they needed. They, they couldn't skip the bitter waters, though. They couldn't go straight from the parting of the Red Sea right to Elam, though. They had to go through the bitter waters of Marah before. They were taken to Elam only after they were introduced through their trouble and through their pains to the Lord who heals. They got to know the Lord better before they went there. They, they were able to grow in faith. Their Christian character was able to be established that much more by being introduced through their pain to Jehovah Rapha. If anyone is stuck in a bitter place in their lives tonight, God moves through His yielded children, in His yielded children, in that bitter place, through that bitter place. God does not keep us in a bitter place. That Christian that went through a 35-year test, they were not bitter through it. And, and some tests are, are, are very short. Sometimes things get carried out longer because of us and our response. If anyone's stuck in a bitter place, God does not want to keep us there. He does not want His children to be bitter. That should concern any child of God about harboring bitterness in their hearts. Uh, that scares me to death to do that because the Lord heals that. He heals us of that. He takes us to it, but He does it to take us through it. Don't stay there. We know, we know where the source of healing is. If we didn't, we do now. The Lord is our healer. He heals us of these things. Trust Him through the test. Look, He wants to take you and I to, to Elam. He does. He doesn't want to leave us at Marah. There's an experience there. It's for our benefit. We're going to grow through it. But don't stay there because the Lord's moving us on. Hey, He, he moved them on to pure water and then He moved them on to plenty. Th think about what happened when we got saved and, and how Jesus describes it. When Jesus is talking to the woman at the well, He says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That doesn't sound like Mara. That doesn't sound like that anybody, any child of God needs to be dwelling at Mara. John seven thirty seven, In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Not, not bitter water, living water. Don't get trapped and weighed down in the test, looking at the test. Look to God 
and the great things that He wants to do in our lives. The Lord will, will take us in a bitter situation and He will sweeten He will sweeten it where we thought it was completely impossible. Can we trust Him through that? Can, let us be in this for the long haul. Thank God for those Christians that are such a great...